0: Welcome, thinkers, to Season 3, Episode 18 of Thinking Critically. Today's topic is Kickstarter. And today, I'm joined once again by Zach Applewhite from Applewhite Games. Thank you ever so much for joining us a second time, Zach. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hey, thank you so much. Uh, So I'm Zach Applewhite. I do the marketing for Applewhite Games. I am a marketer by profession. And I also have a passion for helping those who are in creative spaces do better marketing that is easy, sustainable, and doesn't uh, cost a fortune. Um, And on top of that, I have a reasonably extensive background in Kickstarter as well.
0: Indeed. So on that note, for those who wish to check out our first episode featuring Zach, way back in season two, episode 13 on marketing, which includes many, many tips from Zach on that those exact topics of uh, how to market oneself without breaking the bank, which I think is as pertinent as ever in these, t- mm-hmm. <laughs> in these times. Uh, talking of Kickstarter, however, that is the topic of today's discussion. So what does that mean to you in the TTRPG framework?
1: Absolutely. So Kickstarter has been an amazing tool to watch Small creators who do not have a plethora of resources or enough time to build up an entire business to then build a product, to then try and sell the product to an audience that they may not have access to. Kickstarter has just been an amazing tool to watch uh, TTRPG, board games, card games, everyone in our community put themselves out there and create things and gain the audiences through kickstarter as well as their own efforts and be able to at the very least have a nice little side hustle that feeds their creative energy and sometimes even be to the point where they're replacing their own income and making a full business out of it
0: Mm -hmm. i mean i'm stoked for this episode because already i am like oh i've I've learned or I've, I've, i've got a new appreciation for it because for me I very much i didn't i didn't see it as this for better or for worse this platform for people to approach business in a new way. Perhaps I'm too traditionalist in my in in my older age uh, of like (laughs) you know how how businesses what makes a business a business. Uh, And for me, it is not Kickstarter, which I'm hoping Mm -hmm. to have have changed that by the end of today's discussion. That perception, but like I always see it as. And this is limit, you know. This is due to my very limited experience with with the platform. In it, just you know, crowd crowdfunding is just a way for people to to get money. I, this is going to sound stupid, like I'm making a stupid comparison <laughs> here, and it is. It is. <laughs> it's it's a crowdfunding is a way to for people to get money rather than a way to enable those without the infrastructure to produce content. Now, mm. that might be a stupid comparison to make but to me it means quite different things and now i'm you know thanks to you i'm now starts i'm going to approach it in that different way i mean uh
1: right i wouldn't say that's stupid at all okay (laughs) i think that a lot of people and you have to remember when crowdfunding first came onto the scene it came onto the scene through main through major media as a guy making a potato salad raising thousands of dollars
2: Mm -hmm.
1: okay or People making something, I think like the Pebble Watch was one of them, like really weird technology stuff. And oftentimes, especially in the technology section, people did not get their money's worth if they got anything at all. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a reasonable amount of skepticism in crowdfunding in general. And I don't think that you're in a wrong place to say... You know that this was just a way, and some businesses have certainly made it a well. We're just going to use this as a as a money thing that requires very little effort on our part, and then then we'll go make money in other places too. Mm -hmm. Where I've where I've interacted with it, where I've seen it really grow and really be uh, useful, is the TTRPG space. Where unlike technology, it has less moving parts, less places to go wrong, Mm -hmm. less parts that need to be sourced from not where you from not your own house yes so therefore you get a much higher success rate as far as people getting what they paid for and you get uh, a lot less of the gimmicky i'm throwing a potato salad party give me money Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think we're gonna loop back around to that Later on, the specific the, not the potato salad thing, stupidly <laughs> the, the TTRPG side of things. So I realize my yes. brain is moving quicker than my mouth is. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe that is content people want to hear us talk about. And uh, <laughs> but um, like again, new new uh, a new topic for a future episode: just salad, maybe. Why not? Um, <laughs> what does uh, salad mean to you in you TTRPG? Is... <laughs> my character loves it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm Texan. I can talk about food all day, but. <laughs>
0: Um so here's here's the thing that it it makes me curious as a, as a platform is that you have both ends the both ends of the extremes of individuals and companies on it trying to do the same thing so you have Joe Smith in his house being like I want to make this uh, TTRPG or whatever it may be you know something very small very you know just one person woke up one day and made an account and bish bash bosh and he's on there and he will raise whatever it ends up raising and then literally on an identical same platform you've got people like oh i don't know off the top of my head critical role uh, mm. which is a very important <laughs> example to give uh <laughs> who you know uh, or you know even other businesses and whatnot
1: yeah cmon's huge on there that's who sorry Simon, uh, they're, they're a board game company. I know they've run oh. some stuff on there. You got Jamie Stegmeyer got his start on there. He's the guy that made Wingspan oh, um, wow. and, and some other stuff. And he, if you want a good resource for getting to know Kickstarter, he's had a Kickstarter blog going for a very long time. Oh, Amazing. And so, yeah, there, there is absolutely uh, this wonderful mishmash, mm-hmm. you know, where you have big guys and little guys going in there. And it's also one of the only places where it has upward mobility in that range. Mm -hmm. Now, chances are, you're not going to raise uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on your first Kickstarter. But Mm -hmm. it has been done. Yeah. You know, surprisingly. And I'll also say, because I feel like there might be concern there of like, oh, well, how do I compete when critical rolls on there?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You
1: know? And so the first thing I'll say is, uh, one, customers are there for different reasons and backing different things. Not everyone who's backing Critical Role will back you, but there are a ton of people that didn't back Critical Role because they're more into the kind of thing you're creating. Mm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you've you backed a couple of like major projects on Kickstarter, correct?
0: So funnily enough, th- there's at least three I can remember because you just reminded me of Pebble. I have my Pebble watch <laughs> uncharged, at gathering dust i might add in my in my <laughs> wardrobe um like second edition so way way back when you know 10 years probably at this point point. and then frost uh, gloomhaven and, and frosthaven board games which uh, i'm still waiting for frosthaven so
1: <laughs> right and so there's there's a there's something to say there the people who backed frosthaven Many of them are not my customer and they're never going to be my customer because they're using Kickstarter as a kind of pre-order platform for what they would have ended up buying on Amazon. And frankly, by the way, it's an excellent investment opportunity. If you buy some of the stuff on Kickstarter, you could buy two of the same thing and sell that other, like Loomhaven, if you had bought it with all the stretch goals that will never go to market. Mm -hmm. Okay, with all of those Kickstarter exclusives, you can sell that second one on eBay and you might make your money back, Mm -hmm. you know, upon delivery. So I don't fault anyone for doing that. The comforting part is, is that I didn't back Gloomhaven. I, I've I've backed quite a few campaigns, on, and there is a community out there that they're not there for the major things because if they wanted that, they'd go into a Walmart or a Target or onto Amazon yeah. and they buy it for themselves there. They're there to support small creators who are doing interesting things, and there's people in the middle who do both.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Now I must admit, uh, Frosthaven. I mean, to be to be fair to them, they haven't been helped by the state of the world for the last two Mm -hmm. years uh however i did check my i was going through tidying up my inbox the other day and found my my initial like confirm your pledge email from frosthaven and it was back in like 2019 or something that's pretty that's a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be so like stoked and pumped about something so much so that you're like willing to commit money not you know at that time but down the line you're saying yes please and then still be waiting and yes you know provided the world hadn't gone to the toilet uh it might it might it might it it
1: wasn't for the five apocalypses we've had so far
0: (laughs) the conveyor belt of apocalypses is rolling Mm -hmm. through down um it might be in a bit of a better state but i can see why that would turn people off and yes you know the 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 creator has been very good with updates and you know i get we get monthly updates i'm on like 70 or something at this point it's coming into my email box and a lot of it is out of their hands you know manufacturing mm. and shipping and stuff is i i understand but that that whole process is like it's it's still a bit bizarre to me to be like here's the initial conception of the product you might get it in two and a half years <laughs>
1: mm. well but this this is this opportunity for david and goliath moment here because mm. it where we've done kickstarters we have a turnaround of one to two months mm. okay One, because we have a huge advantage, and thank God we had this advantage during all the apocalypses we've gone through, okay, is that we have all digital rewards right now. We haven't busted into print yet. Mm -hmm. All right, which means we didn't have to worry about any shortages, any huge shipping errors, or any of that. We were just lucky. But it also means for everyone else who's creating TTRPG materials is that pretty much everything you're creating, even if you can't give them the physical version, you know, even if you were caught up right now in the state of the world, you could still give them the TTRP the TTRPG as a digital version. Yeah. And chances are, if you're doing physical products, because we've sold dice bags as well, but we make them all in-house. All right. So again, as long as there was the materials around. We can do the shipping and now instead of having to go through 500 different middlemen, you're mm-hmm. just going through us. We actually can have an advantage over the bigger guys because we can communicate as people, because we can source our stuff in-house and it's going to help us get you what we promised you faster.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And that's
1: an advantage that all the little guys have, All right, is that we can move quicker. Yeah,
0: more agile. Mm-hmm. Well, I, while you were saying that, I thought of a question that really I should have opened this with, <laughs> and it that's is- thats what editing's for. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not juggling all that around. That's the ship sail, mate. We're, mm-hmm. we're sticking with it now. <laughs> is how how do you get started? Like, I think I, 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 I guess I have an account because I've mm-hmm. I've pledged and backed stuff. Um, But then say Tomorrow was like, I want to do season four of Thinking Critically on on Kickstarter and try and get some money for my time. Where as a single naive individual from the UK, how do you go about making a success?
1: Yeah, so... Crowdfunding in general. And I'm also going to, as I kind of describe the process, I'm going to kind of help people identify pitfalls that I I can help you skirt around. Okay. The first thing that um, I would say is figure out what the cost of your idea is and whether it's, it's something manageable. The first pitfall I think most people fall into is that they see these like, oh my God, they waste like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. all right and if i can get i'm going to use board games because that's like the one of the most cost intensive ones that i interact with yeah okay if i can build a board game and i can sell it i'm going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars okay so they set a ten thousand dollar funding goal they may or may not have priced out exactly what they need they poured their heart and soul they might have even commissioned some art they've really described it they've hopefully built the game and they and they have the product and then it falls short they only raise a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. or, or they – they some of them I've seen, you had a $10,000 goal and you were able to raise $5,000. But Kickstarter is an all or nothing platform because Kickstarter wants you to be responsible and they want you to come in and say the number you need to send down, Not the number you want to feel successful and comfortable Mm -hmm. You know, if you say you need $10,000, then $9,999 means that these people aren't going to get their product because you didn't have enough money. Yeah. Is what Kickstarter assumes. So the first thing that I see people fall into is that they don't actually need $10,000. dollars Okay. And because you're just starting out, you have a whole lot of things to learn and mistakes to make before you're actually good at this. Because most artists, most creators, aren't also marketers as a profession like I am. They're not as fortunate as me. They're not business people as well. Mm -hmm. They're nerds first, you know, and and business people second. I am fortunate enough to be business first and nerds second. Mm -hmm. Thanks to my wife converting me over to the (laughs) wonderful world of TTRPGs. Okay, so the first Kickstarter I ran The goal was $1. Okay. I sold personalized poetry for $1. I raised $44. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I gained a small audience of 20 or so people. The next campaign, that 20 or so people became 30 or so people. All right. I eventually, and it only cost me about $200 to do, I eventually compiled the poems the one dollar poems from my past kickstarters into a book and i sold the book Mm. so the first thing that i think people can can do is really compartmentalize your idea Mm. into something as small as possible yeah all right and what can you do for a ten dollar hundred dollar funding goal all right This helps you. There's a natural audience on Kickstarter who are going to happen upon you with no marketing on your part. It'll be small. It'll be 14 people. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is 14 more people than you had. And they gave you your money and you have their attention because every time you make a Kickstarter update on that project, they get an email. So you have a pseudo email list. Mm -hmm. Of people who have engaged with you and given you money in the past. And if they've given you money in the past, their propensity to give you money in the future is really high. Okay? So Mm -hmm. by starting small, you gain confidence. You make all your mistakes on something that is smaller, that is a much smaller stake. That if you fail, you didn't lose tens of thousands of people's dollars on something they didn't get. You know, if something goes wrong, it went wrong on a $1, $100 campaign. Yeah. You know, so the first thing I would say is make it small. What can you do for $1? Can you write a poem? Can you I've seen watercolors of flowers for $5 a piece, poems about sandwiches. I've seen feel free to get gimmicky. <laughs> okay? Write one, a $1 dungeon. All right? Anything you can do just to get experience under your belt, that's yeah. value. That's the thing you need to work on first is your experience. Okay? Mhm and then you can build on it from there. And then what exactly to do? It's very simple. You log in, you make your account, you go to the creator page. Kickstarter is very uh, consumer friendly as far as creators go. They make it very easily, give you lots of resources and map out. Here's where to put your story, your video. Do you have collaborators? Um, Try and use your images and you have to send it, you have to connect it to your bank account and then you need to send it in for review Where the Kickstarter team will actually look at it and say, well, this is a scam, so (laughs) you're not allowed. Okay, that's why you don't get actual scammers on Kickstarter almost at all. Mm -hmm. All right? Uh, You have to put your actual ID in there. They want to make sure you're a human being and that you're not just going to waste people's money and then not be held accountable. All right, Kickstarter is very good about that. And then sometimes we'll give you feedback. So when I first started, I could do a $1 campaign. I tried to do that because I was selling a $1 holiday D&D special. Just as kind of a almost a freebie gift to mm. the people who've supported me, and they said no, you can't do one dollar. You need to do te- you need to do higher than that. One dollar, <laughs> they, they said, it feels disingenuous. So make yeah. it higher, and so so we did. But what can you do for ten dollars? You know, and that that's that's the start. That's it.
0: Mm, I think a, a couple of points there. So firstly, that is similar to the I think you called it way back when the content chop shop. And in that yes. context, we were talking about social media content and how you can turn a tweet in, you know, or turn a blog post into several tweets, mm-hmm. turn a YouTube video into several TikToks and, and
1: several videos, TikToks, the podcast. absolutely, Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so it's the same train of thought, right? That you could turn a, you know, maybe several large projects or one large project into several smaller projects to yes. build that groundswell, to build that momentum, to build that grassroots kind of uh, support from the community.
1: That, that is my jam. That is the model by which I have found a lot of success. For example, the Kickstarters we're doing right now, we're doing everything digitally. We do hope to compile it all into a full-volume TTRPG book with additional materials added in and then sell the full book and go into print. But now we're going to have a little bit of money in the bank um, so that if we make mistakes, it's on our dime and not on our backers. Mm-hmm. But you, but you had something else you wanted to say, I think.
0: It was more around yeah, a question of, and we probably talked about this last time as well, but I think here it's probably more pertinent in mm-hmm. that trying to ascribe value to something. So is it you know one dollar? Mm-hmm. Is it ten dollars? Is it fifty dollars? Uh, again, so if I was you know as we've been talking, I've been rattling through my brain. Trying to think of like what would I do? What could I, Mm -hmm. you know? How would I word it? And what would I do? And how much would that? And uh, you know, that train of thought always ends up at inevitably. How much is that? I've got to type in a number at some point that has to go that people are going to see and either balk at or go, "Oh, okay, let me get my wallet." Right. So, how do you? how, you How does anyone? People must do it. I'm. I'm. I've never sold any. You know, sold anything independently before. So for me, it's a completely alien concept but obviously there are artists out there there are content creators out there that do sell physically you know there are map makers out there there that people such as Mm -hmm. yourself so it must be something that you can do you know should i just fall back on my academic business studies you know my master's in (laughs) in in management around like look at what the competition is and work around there and see what kind of budget your customers have and work around that
1: yes so pricing is so much fun if you're a marketer, and it is the worst horror story if you're not. <laughs> so I, I completely get what you're coming from. Here's a couple of perspectives you can take from it. One, make sure you're covering your costs. So yeah. do a calculation. If you're doing any physical product or require any shipping whatsoever, make sure that you have that cost, that expected cost written down, and then pop at least 20% on top of that. And that's your minimum price. And that is not even making a great profit. That is more that 20% is more in case of a shipping crisis like we're having right now. Yeah. Okay. If you're lucky like me, and you're doing everything in house or you're collaborating with others who are doing things in their house as well, your only actual cost is labor.
0: Yeah. Time. Okay.
1: So now you're just looking at, okay, well, here's the product and product alone. No, I'm not going to pay myself for my labor. Okay. Uh, because I really just want to create this thing and any profit that happens after it is a bonus. Okay. Assuming you're working on a side hustle and not a full pledge business at this point, like most people on Kickstarter are mm-hmm. the number one place, as you mentioned is look at competition, look specifically on Kickstarter. Don't Think about what people are doing on DMs Guild. That's a different platform. That's like pricing something in Walmart versus Target.
2: Mm-hmm. You're not
1: selling in Walmart. You're selling in Target. Okay? So look at how prices are on Kickstarter. And in general, I tell people definitely to start on the higher end of pricing. Let's say you've done this a $1 campaign. You sold stuff that from $1 to $5. Okay? And now you're ready to put out a, a fuller RPG module. I would say if you're doing non-digital, minimum $5. Okay? I did my first TTRPG was a collaboration. It was all hand-drawn art, hand-drawn maps, and it was not Picasso. Mm-hmm. And I told the story, and I am not uh, Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it was still good and I enjoyed it and other people enjoyed it and we sold it for five dollars. all right And people bought it, which surprised the hell out of my wife and is why she joined on and, be, and we formed Apple White Games. okay? For five dollars, that needs to be bare minimum digital la- labor and no 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 nothing into it. Yeah minimum five dollars. It's just worth your time. Yes, okay you just you did the thing. Here's five, you get five dollars. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I price our TTRPG stuff at ten dollars full price, eight dollars if you're on the early bird. And whenever we go off of Kickstarter and onto the full blown market, we're probably going to price around twelve dollars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is based on what people are willing to pay. And to answer the root of the question of what is anything worth, it is worth what people are willing to pay. So the market is the person you need to ask. And the only way to ask it is to put a price tag on it and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. And of course there, there just is no true answer. Have you ever heard of Banksy?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a compatriot of mine. So yeah.
1: Okay. So Banksy, all right. The graffiti artist, just to make sure we're talking about the the right person, right? Yeah. yeah, Wonderful. Depending on where he sells his work, it can be worth hundreds or thousands of dollars, or it can be worth 10, right? You've seen him, uh, I've, I've seen social media where he takes his graffiti art and tries to sell it on the streets of New York, and it's worth $40 there, mm-hmm. but it's worth tens of thousands of dollars to the, the same piece of art to a different person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay? And that that's the whole game right there, all right? It's not even about finding the right price. It's about finding the right person. Mm. All right? There are going to be hundreds of thousands of people who will say no to your product. They don't matter. It's okay that they said no. All right? That's just not for them. You're trying to find the person who sees the value and is willing to pay for it. Just like Banksy.
0: Yeah. And obviously people can listen to the marketing episode to find out how to how to find those people.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of ways and this is this is the other part of, of that's great about Kickstarter is that when you start small, you can start with Kickstarter's audience. You know, they have their own audience. You launch, people can browse by category. Uh, Oftentimes they're just looking for what's newest Mm. and hopefully you capture their attention and they say, $1 for a poem? What the hell is this guy thinking? And they give you money (laughs) just to see what happens. And then if you do a good job, they come back and they're there to support you the next time. And that is how we've been able to build our business is by showing up. And getting, we have an excellent customer return rate because we perform excellently for our customers. And that makes all the people you're reaching out to on social media as you create content, which again, you can listen to the marketing episode to really get into how to create social media content and get people's attention over time. All the people who are on your Kickstarter audience show people who are just being introduced to you via social media how much authority you have, how much relevance you have and how trustworthy you are.
0: Mm. I love that there's still this basic tenant of, which is the same for like traditional business and crowdfunding businesses that if you, obviously if you provide good content, people will come and people will come back. <laughs> and that doesn't yes. change, you know, from from some guy selling some beans uh, in his backyard to his critical role making $7 billion Bazillion pounds on crowdfunding. It's like the the content is has to be good, (laughs) and that's fine. And you'll get customers.
1: The content has to be good. The communication has to be good. The product has to be good. You you have to to if you don't really enjoy what you're doing or what you're putting out, it's gonna show. So another another comment there is: don't just make what you think people will buy. Okay, make something that you're proud of selling. Mm. I I was proud of the fun I had selling $1 poems. Again, I'm not Robert Frost, okay? Mm-hmm. But my poems were fun, and I enjoyed them. And the people who, who paid for them enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And so that all comes out in the content, and it comes out in the interactions, and that that's going to help you build a really true, authentic brand as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is actually something that is very dear to, to my own heart that that word you use there that authentic brand that's something that's very you know high on my list of of uh corporate social <laughs> targets is uh you know identity is is that authenticity I'm, I'm super keen on remaining uh humble and you know it is it's just a one bat. it's just me at the end of the day so i quite like to leverage that <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know, it's just it's just some dude in England trying to make a podcast. So yeah, no, I can I can definitely see why that authenticity there is is key, especially when there's so many competitors, to be frank, out there mm-hmm. and on the platforms and stuff that that range from, from all sorts.
1: Which you know brings up another excellent point. because okay? you said a few things there that I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. You said one, you're just one guy in England, and two, you brought up the big competitors. And so I wanted to bring up another thing that people can do, because let's say you're really good at art, or you're really good at the writing, the planning, the tables, or you just have all these ideas for monsters and you can make their stats, but you're not an artist. Yeah. Right? How do you make a TTRPG without art? It's really hard. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay, then you got to at least give them a stick figure, right? Again, I got started actually collaborating. Okay, someone mentioned on Twitter that they wanted to make a TTRPG and sell it, and that they were open to collaborators, which Twitter is an excellent place um, Mm -hmm. to just be introduced to people who are interested in what you're interested in, and you can make this happen. And so I had no artistic ability whatsoever. These guys, we had a map guy, we had an art guy. And what this does is now you're not taking on the Goliaths alone. You're not on Kickstarter alone. Now you have three guys who each have their own audiences that they can kind and, and uh, their own friends mm. that they can reach to. And you're collaborating on a project that makes the whole thing a little less scary for one, because you're not doing it all alone. Yeah. And it also will make your product better because now you have people who are helping you. And three, now you can all share each other's audiences you tag each other you share each other you're building a small cohort i haven't pursued that myself because i'm lucky enough to have a live in artist and writer
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, being my wife but that is absolutely a business model that you can go into and that i've seen work for some people is just collab 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 yeah. worry about the product worry about the brand don't worry about the money yet because you're not you're you're building a name for yourself and as long as your costs are covered then, then that's enough because eventually you're going to have the audience that you and the friends, the connections to really pivot and really take a go at something bigger and grander that you, that is for yourself and that you can make money on.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and, uh, I'm just going to go and find a, a new girlfriend who can do art. Cause then that'll take that <laughs> box to me. So. Be right back while I break up my current one. Uh, two seconds. <laughs> um yeah no uh, to be clear i mean it's no secret to anyone that i am ineffective wow what a nice political term to use for myself there uh art
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i i like that i'll start calling myself an ineffective an artist yeah I
0: don't, I don't know why that word came to me but i kind of in love with it now um,
1: it's 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 it sounds so much better than complete than being a complete garbage artist yep.
0: yeah yeah there's, there's some words there's, there's like an implication there but everyone's too polite to, to dig a little deeper no that's it now that's my new uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Th- thank you so much for the advice so far. It's all been, you know, this is all, or pe- for for any given set of kickstarters that have started, there'll be times a hundred more people that have thought about it and haven't wanted to start or, or didn't know where to start or were too scared to start for whatever reason. Which is why I think discussions like this are very powerful because if we can, you know, reach at least one person who at one point thought, "Oh, should I do it? Oh, don't really know where to begin." Oh, I'll just forget about it for now. But then we can change that mindset to, oh, actually, oh yeah, I do, I do chat to that guy on Twitter who's produced a map. Let me hit him up and see if we can, and then you know they'll do, they'll do that legwork for me. And suddenly, they've gone from creating nothing into maybe creating you know something, adding adding something to the universe, mm-hmm. and that would be fantastic. And that's where I think the power of today's show specifically is, is hopefully in creating more better content for the universe wow wow couldn't have sounded more arrogant now (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome universe uh yeah i'll take an iou for creating some content for you here yeah no worries (laughs) i look forward to the the pearly gates at the end of it all yep no worries right (laughs) i've earned it right yeah (laughs) christ uh anyway so yes um another question i had around and again, we we touched on it in the last episode around promotion, self promotion mm-hmm. in artists, and we would have talked at that time around the the content shop shop and Twitter and Facebook and all the different social medias and blah 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 blah. I wanted to reframe that question specifically within the scope of Kickstarter. Are there any tools? I know you mentioned that there's you know an embedded audience who will go you know daily and and search via new Kickstarters and stuff like that. Is there any other things? Specific to running a Kickstarter, when it comes to promotion and mm-hmm. selling your your product, well, I guess it's not a product selling a, a set of products or or a service.
1: That that's yeah, that's all up to what what exactly you're selling. So to get to the the question being like, how how do you promote the Kickstarter? First and foremost, make sure you have a good Kickstarter page because it doesn't matter how many people get to the page if you can't convert them once they're there. Mm-hmm. It's all for naught. All right. So yes, you'll you'll have an inherent audience, and that is an excellent like test market of how do I how do, how am I appearing? Is my pricing good? That those are right there. For smaller projects like the one dollar, yeah, I don't like. I don't even recommend. You don't even need to out to your friends and family in my view unless, unless you you think they're, they'd be interested or, or find it fun or mm-hmm. uh, my my mom, my, my wife found it hilarious to give me um, funny topics to write poetry on. <laughs> and so I, I had fun uh, sharing it around of like here torture me and see what happens <laughs> and see what happens, you know.
0: Yeah, but that, that that reminds me of the old, like, fairground, you know, where you'd pay to fling a sponge. Maybe this is a uniquely British right. thing, but I don't know, when, you, when you'd pay a pound, uh, you know, a fate to throw a sponge at somebody in the stocks or something, it's that. That has reminded me of that, like, pay me a pound and put me, make me do some stupid poetry or something like that. Like,
1: right. <laughs> right. And so I, I had to rhyme with the word booger nugget.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And I, I pulled it off somehow. <laughs> All right. But, uh... But so share around with your friends and family, if you like, if it's something you genuinely think that, that they might get a kick out of, that they might enjoy, or that they might know other people who would get a kick out of it or enjoy it, all right? and for But for that first one, I think it's less about gaining your audience, it's more about making sure you have the kinks worked out a little bit first, and starting to grow an audience naturally on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, while you're doing that and while you're doing other stuff, I do recommend you do non-Kickstarter-related content that is in the audience that you're wanting to reach. So you can go back to the marketing podcast, but I will give a quick rundown right now. My marketing philosophy is what can I do while I'm sitting on the toilet? Mm -hmm. Okay, I started by just tweeting every day. Eventually, I was able, and and I'm just tweeting funny GIFs, memes, retweeting, you know, I'm just moving and shaking with other people on Twitter, and I'm only doing that at at minimum once a day, okay? Fast forward a year later, I can now read those tweets, and now they're on TikTok, where I now have over 6,000 subscribers, and now I'm moving all my TikToks over to YouTube, because YouTube Shorts is trying to do what TikTok's doing. And if I post any uh, regular full-length video on YouTube and I don't shout it out anywhere, I might get two views. Mm. But taking them from TikTok to YouTube Shorts, where YouTube really wants people to like YouTube Shorts, so they're boosting completely unknown people like myself on YouTube, I'm able to get a a couple hundred thousand views and uh, a handful of subscribers. I'm only in the hundreds. You know, But Mm -hmm. considering that I haven't shared my YouTube on any other social media platforms, that's fantastic. And so take what you can do, start there, build on that, and that's going to help you gain your audience. It also really can't hurt for you to go out and support other people. One, because you'll learn from their failures and their successes if they're running Kickstarters like the ones you're planning to run in the future. And two, because perhaps down the line, there will be some reciprocity and you'll make some friends and genuine connections.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Beyond that, you could go into paid advertising. But unless you have money in the bank that you're willing to lose, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. You know, I I focus as much on free. I've only started doing paid advertising on Facebook for the last campaign we did and this campaign. And I'm not at a place where I can really advise you on it because I'm still working out the kinks.
0: Mm. I think, you know, we're lucky to live in a day and age where there are several avenues, several vectors of free advertising and marketing, and we should all do our best to leverage those as much as possible. And, you know, when, you, when you're not as fortunate as you are, as you've said before, like to, to come from that business-oriented background where you're aware of, Spending money to making money to use a trite platitude, but that that mm. kind of methodology, you no know, investment is the the correct term for it. But it was you know it was a bit rich for me even to. I know this isn't advertisement specifically, but to buy obviously I wanted to produce, as we said earlier on, something to be proud of, and I want to be mm. proud of the show. And, and part of that was having decent audio quality. So I was like, I want to invest in a decent. You know, a decent hardware rig, and I and I did so, but that's very much because I'm, I'm I'm you know in a fortunate position in my life to be able to afford much, uh, you know, afford it. But it was still a bit of a, <laughs> a a bit a bit a bit of a bitter pill to swallow to be like this is just some money okay. that I'm not going to see any any returns on apart from yep that I'm, I'm going to be maybe slightly more proud of the content and advertising is very much the same and even more of a gamble in some cases because it might not pay off at all <laughs> especially when it's new you know a newbie such as myself like i wouldn't know how to get the formula right for you know an effective facebook promoted post like the you know the seo you should use the wording you should use the calls to action you should use yes i can leverage a bit of my academic experience but in terms of like the, the facebook marketplace for adverts in 2022 psh,
1: mm-hmm. come
0: listen to podcasts please would be as you know <laughs> as, as effective as i could get it
1: <laughs> right and so that's uh that'll all be better after you've sold it a little bit you know i didn't like i said i've run a total of i think 17 kickstarter campaigns wow and it wasn't until after the 15th one that i said you know what i think i'm ready to pay to sell this wow you know i think i have the images i think i have the knowledge about my product i think i've sold it enough times that I can uh, sell it to an audience who knows nothing about me. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's in- it's interruption marketing. Those people are not on Facebook to find you. If you're advertising to them, they are on Facebook to to interact with their groups, their friends, and you just happen to show up and say, "Hey, I got a thing. If you want money for it." Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna do that, you got to be good at it. Mm. You know, and I. Professional marketer, I'm still not great at it. It doesn't mean other people – there are people who were able to hop on and just get it, and I applaud those people. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I was, you know, in, in your position that you talked about earlier, you know, just talking about investing, I want to reassure people that even if you wanted – you just needed it to be a podcast, okay? You weren't going – you can't do a, a blog. You don't have it in you to to do gimmicky stuff, poetry. And you just really want to create a podcast or something. I encourage everyone to remember that some of the greatest men in in the world's history who moved the world uh, in ways that affected generations did so with ink and quill and candlelight. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have a smartphone, you have a better tool than most of the most influential people in history ever could have dreamed of. And it might not be what you want in the end, but it is what you have and it is better to work with you ha- with what you have to create something than to dream and end up creating nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you, you were lucky. You had the resources and you had the completely correct mindset to say, I'm going to put this money in, but it's because it's what I believe in, not because I expect a return on investment anytime mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you had that mentality, I would say then absolutely go for it. As long as you know what you're getting into, then absolutely go for it. But for those who don't have the res- the resources, all I can say is get scrappy. You know, uh, I, re- I did a podcast for a little bit. It got views. I recorded it on my phone. It just took too much time for me. So I dropped it because I need what I can. I have two kids and a, and a job. And at some po- at one point I had two kids, a job and college. Yeah. All right. My time is super constrict. I can't edit audio. I can't, I don't have that. Yeah. So I dropped it. Doesn't mean that if, if you have the time, all you really need to start anything right now is a smartphone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I must say not that I use the mobile versions of the, my podcast host, but I do know that pretty much all of them have got direct from phone uploads. Mm-hmm. Like I think they've made it literally they've reduced as many walls as possible between somebody talking and the audience on the other end. Listening has been reduced and reduced and reduced until it's just like a couple of clicks away.
1: It's not ideal, but it gets, it gets it done. Yeah. And done is better than ideal in the short term because you just need to get it done. Mm -hmm. You can have the greatest manuscript in the world written, but if it stays in your desk drawer, it has zero value. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I say this loud and I, and I know I'm interrupting you. I, I'll I'll stop after I say this. I really just say this because too many people say no before they've even tried because they think that they don't have the tools that they need. And they just haven't unlocked the part of their brain that says that, no, they do not need a professional recording studio to start a podcast. They just need the time and a smartphone. Mm hmm. Yep. You know, and I just want to empower everybody to remember that they, if they have the passion, the time, and a smartphone, that there is a lot that they can accomplish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You no, know, and to, to piggyback off the back of that, you know, when I started, I didn't have anything. It was literally just my home, you know, PC because I'm a historically a traditional PC gamer and stuff like that. So I already have <laughs> that set up rather than my mobile phone. Uh, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I didn't start in a studio i didn't have my gear i didn't have any idea at all no gear no idea and this is where we find ourselves today uh so but it was very very similar like i just used what i had at home Mm -hmm. the free the free you know set audio recording stuff the free audio editing stuff the free podcast hosts and it works i say confidently (laughs) no
1: you, you i have seen you continue to grow your content continues to get better. Your guests continue to be of, uh, I, I think, overall averaging higher profile. Mm-hmm. And I would say you're on the right track.
0: Oh, you just complimented a number of guests as well. So that's good. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy with that. Uh, the, the the one thing, the only stupid joke I want to say about like having, obviously I said I've invested in some better quality gear, so now I'm not just using like my gaming mic for how I'm talking to you right now. Right. Pros, pros. I like technology and it's another piece of kit to learn and to understand and a cool little snazzy thing to sit on my desk. Cons, turn me into an audio snob. So, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> things I never used to notice before or care about. And now I'm like, well, they didn't record that on a on a microphone. That was, uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, there's an edit there. Sloppy. <laughs>
1: no. I'll use that as an excuse not to learn new things. Like, oh, well, I could learn violin, but... Then I wouldn't like every other violinist, and so um, that's all that's holding me back. Sure, <laughs> well, that probably says more
0: about me than it does about learning anything else. But yes, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's my burden to bear. But yeah, no, uh, it it has. I mean, at the very least, this discussion has made me start to think about Kickstarter as a viable platform of mm. selling my my product. You know, it's requires some thought but again i wanted to add here uh, i've just realized that off of what you were saying earlier on like i have now a semi-established base of you know colleagues and listeners and and friends and supporters of the show who i can now leverage should i wish to go on any of those kickstarter endeavors i can say hey i had an artist on once let me reach out to them and see if they want to collaborate or i had uh, in fact i am i'm collaborating on a non-kickstarter piece of content creation at the moment but that's th- through a previous guest
1: mm-hmm. and can i give you a piece of advice on that of course so the best way to do that is it's it, i call it just a soft ask all right is that and in say instead of saying hey would you back my kickstarter when you've got the page you get a preview link Okay. Mm. And you can send that preview link to people and you say, Hey, listen, this is my first Kickstarter. I'm a little nervous about this. I've talked with you in the past and I value your opinion. Can you please look at this and then just tell me, give me feedback? Mm. Okay. What do you like? What do you not like? One, your Kickstarter page will become better. Two, you now have people who have invested themselves in it first. Before ever even thinking about giving you money and you haven't asked them for money. So now you're, you're, you are you you have not like altered that relationship.
0: Indeed. You yeah. know,
1: now, now you get to like maintain and you get to be the authentic person you desire to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you haven't augmented your relationship. You've said, can you be the friend that you are and look at this for me? If you don't give me a dime, that's fine. I just want your opinion because that's going to be the most valuable thing at the end. But I will also say the chances are because they've invested themselves in this a little bit by giving you that critique, they've probably followed the page from that link that they are likely to, if not back you, at least shout you out, mm-hmm. you know, because th- how now that they've worked on it, even a touch, even just reading a little bit or watching the, the video or looking at the images now, it's a semi-reflection of themselves. And they want you to—they want it to do well. Yeah. Plus, hopefully, they're your friend, and they want you to do well.
0: <laughs> just, just in of itself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I really, I really love that that approach actually, and it is.
1: It makes it a lot less salesy, and even yeah. as a person who has to sell things for a living, oh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes asking for money. You have no. to do it. All right, but uh, if you can find a way to. Uh, maintain a relationship beyond the business aspect of it that's always my way to go
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely it is i love maintaining that as you said that keeping that relationship dynamic the same is super important and sometimes you know although as robust as friendships can be they are also sometimes fragile when it comes to that kind of stuff like everyone's been in that situation when it's you're you're eating dinner out at a restaurant with a, with a number of fr- you know group of people maybe some you don't know and it comes to splitting the bill and it's immediately mm-hmm. the air of the conversation has changed because it's like and it's do awkward. we do it evenly do we pay and waste you know a lot of time going around doing it individually mm-hmm. uh, and i don't really know you that well so like i don't really want to pay for- like it's, it's <laughs> you're already right. in that awkward world so yeah it's despite everybody's best intentions and most people being nice people there is always that you know, so any, yeah, anything you can do to mitigate that is I'm mm. completely on board with. One final thing I wanted to talk about, which is very unique to Kickstarter, is mm. kind of stretch goals. So, yes. so, so so, far, a lot of our discussion as a result has assumed that there is a, a product or a service, something at the end, you know, one main item, one main piece. Mm-hmm. How do stretch goals kind of fold into that discussion with regards to TTRPG, So say like I want to create a book of 100 fleshed out NPCs, uh, literally just in, improvised off the top of my head. No, you know, any similarities to <laughs> current live or dead Kickstarters is entirely coincidental. Um, but then how, how do you at what part in the process did those st- stretch goals come in? And is there any kind of like maybe, maybe conflict of interest is too strong a word but again maybe it's that disingenuity folds mm-hmm. in there to be like oh maybe i'm well it's, it's the classic you know like dlc complaint that video games have found themselves in you know back in my day you'd pay for a video game and you'd get all the content and now they keep half the content away from you make you pay for it mm-hmm. is, is are we in a same you know it, it can can the same argument be leveled at stretch goals I'm not, i not please don't Please tell me, you know, if I'm I'm pushing any lines or, or you know, making no, it, it no. making it awkward for you at all. But I'm this is a sincere question from my, my point of view.
1: No, I I've heard this uh, and, and I, I get it because I think that the point of view being like, well, if this game is going if if it was meant to have uh, metal coins instead of cardboard coins and if it was meant to have all the story, like why are you selling me half a product? Mm-hmm. You know, is the point of view. The way, first off, let's talk about the creation of script of stretch goals, and then I'll talk about the messaging around stretch goals. Yeah. So, first off, stretch goals on our end happen very naturally because you start with something more than but around a minimum viable product. Yeah. Right. Which is what do you need for it to be functional, for it to not be a clunky mess, okay, for it to be consumer ready, but not the best it can be. The problem is the best it can be is this big wide vast open thing the best thing it could be is to have an app for it but i'm not an app developer and no one i do not don't have that money mm-hmm. all right so best it can be is just too big of a term so especially if you're you're putting this in your your costs your labor all right you need to limit yourself to something that you say finally you know what it's done enough I would want it to be better, but I have already invested hours of my time and energy, and if they're not willing, they need to be willing to pay for this, because if I just keep putting more and more and more, it'll never get done, it'll never get launched, and is the value, are they going to actually pay more for all the value I'm putting in here? Do I now have to up my pricing? And so on. Mm -hmm. Okay? What happens with our thing naturally is that we think, okay, here's the maps we need, here's the characters we need. We'll start out with a couple pieces of character art, these couple of maps, and here's the story. And this is the thing. All right. Everything that that's more than that is the bonus. That's the stretch goal. Would it be nice to have more maps and more character art? Of course it would. And that's what the stretch goals are for. Mm-hmm. So as we're making it, we're naturally thinking of, yeah, we want to do that, but we don't have that, we, we can't just use all our resources right yeah. now. Uh, let's get the Kickstarter and we'll make that a stretch goal because does it actually, do I actually need it for them to play through the dungeon? Do I need them to have that piece of character art? No. They can still play through the dungeon. Mm-hmm. The art is an added extra flavor thing that makes it more immersive and more fun and it does that value. So let's make them part. If they really want that value, they'll tell us by helping us reach that stretch goal. hmm Mm-hmm. you know and then as far as like well what what do you add to TTRPG that's that's what we've usually done is more maps more character art um and we've also done side quests where they're not necessary to the plot but it's more to play f- play through in the location that we've uh created around
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know or more in inter- NPCs to interact with uh there's just always more there's endless amounts more and I've never seen uh, people in our industry have trouble coming up with more ideas. <laughs> it's a creative industry, indeed. Yeah. All right. So you need to limit yourself because if you just keep on saying, "Well, it's not," if I can create more, I must create more. It'll just never get done. Mm-hmm.
0: I think if, correct me if I'm wrong, along with the minimum viable product, we can use the Moscow rule of you know must haves, should haves, could haves, and would haves. So I guess that could be a, a useful tool for somebody out there and the bare minimum viable product would be all the the must-haves and then the stretch goals can be the mm. coulda woulda shouldas on top
1: mm-hmm. and i'll also say like uh here's a perspective what do you do when if you're creating something for your own group what do you do because i don't create character arts and maps and uh several plot points and npcs i make up most of my stuff on the fly mm. You know, I have maps in my head or, or I have it laid out, but have I made it graphically appealing to a consumer audience? No. And mm-hmm. do I play it and still have fun and my table has fun? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So chances are, you, and this is true for every creative person, chances are you're being too hard on yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, chances are, and chances are that you're giving people something a lot more than they would have ever made for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the value you need to start with. That's, that's your cornerstone built from there.
0: Yeah. You, you're your own worst critic, as they say. And that is, that is something I'm still like in the early days of the, the audio production for this show, it was very much like I went through it like, millisecond by millisecond of the fine tooth comb editing. And that only now like 70 episodes in, I am learning to be like, do you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to, I miss that edit and I don't, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to move past and keep on editing the rest of the show. And honestly, it hasn't impacted the final product at all. The only Mm -hmm. thing is I've had to grin and bear it a couple of times, but of course that process is getting easier as I'm like, no, leave that. It's fine. Move on. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yep. Because you also, if you burn out and you, and you end up not creating a product at all, and now you've done the worst thing you could have done
0: precisely yeah yeah and it is it is uh, don't sweat the small stuff and other uh, platitudes but it is it's that mm-hmm. Pareto method of like just concentrate on the on the big ticket items that have the most impact editing out one harsh s in an in an hour long episode is n- nobody cares Anilou like <laughs> yep.
1: just, because that and that's exactly it's just like when in the marketing podcast where I talk about bad content doesn't get seen because that's the way of bad content is that uh it's very similar in this like that that hard s is a fraction of a second yeah keep going they're going to keep scrolling past your content if it's bad they're going to keep going they probably won't even notice it's like missing one key in a piano recital Mm -hmm. you hear it loud and clear yeah your grandma didn't notice yes
0: yep precisely (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) well um Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't had the chance to yet?
1: You know what? Can I just go through a quick, fast-fire best practices for anyone who's looking to launch a Kickstarter? Absolutely. Please. All right, absolutely. So first thing, at the end of a Kickstarter, you send out a survey. You are only allowed to ask for what you need to fulfill. So for us, we only ask for an email address to send your digital rewards. But in an update, you can also give another survey that says, let us know what you thought of that final product. By the way... Do you want to sign up for our email list or follow us on social media? That's a great way to re-engage your people and connect with them outside of Kickstarter because you don't want all your eggs in one basket. Number two is you can have creative rewards for... All these things you can have people name NPCs in your thing or add their dog, or you can have a villain named Danilo. You know, (laughs) if you pay a little extra, people love to put themselves into the thing that they're helping to create on Kickstarter. So if you give them a little extra room and they're willing to pay a surprising amount more sometimes to just put themselves in the story or in the product in some way. Mm -hmm. Number three. Early birds, which is where people who show up earlier in the campaign, they get to pay a little less because they're they're right there and they're really helping you. They're your super fans, right? It used to be you could only make that an amount of people, like the first 10 people. You can make that 48 hours. You can make that 24 hours. Oh, awesome. We've done that. Game changer. Game changer because now it's not excluding the 10 people who might not have even been our super fans. They might have just seen that we launched on Kickstarter, never heard of us before, and they're first in line ahead of the people who've been supporting us for the past 15 campaigns. That's not fair. Nope, 30 people get it because Uh, it's 48 hours, and after it cuts out, it's done, and you don't have any empty slots, so you don't look bad. It's wonderful. Another talk on complete game changers Kickstarter has a new add on feature. As you build new campaigns, new Kickstarters, any products you had from the past one, if you're like us and it's digital, you can say, hey, you can buy the last one that was um, $10 full price. It's now $9 and you can add on, which makes their baskets bigger, which is going to get you funded faster and you're reselling stuff that's already been created, no extra work to you. Mm-hmm an amazing feature that was a complete game changer for us and is a great tactic as you continue to grow. Thank your backers with a message every t- whenever you get a new backer. It helps them stay engaged. It helps you introduce yourselves, and it doesn't take much, and I know it doesn't feel like it does much, but a quick thank you actually feels like a lot for these people who are taking a bit of a chance on you. Mm-hmm. All right? Track your links. You can use Bitly or Kickstarter referral. And if you have any questions on that, it's really intuitive, but you can YouTube it and it'll teach you. And last of all is I recommend before creating a Kickstarter, back a Kickstarter. All right. At least one. This is also the social media thing. You shouldn't start creating content on a platform you haven't consumed content on. That's like someone who's never seen a movie trying to make a movie. (laughs) It wouldn't go well. All right. Be a consumer before you're a creator. And your content will come out better. I promise. And that's that's the fast fast track for you. Save it. Re-listen if you need to. Amazing! Thank you so much.
0: Uh, <laughs> that was that was fantastic. That's really we already backloaded the episode there with like. <laughs> so.
1: For those who stayed here and listened to the end, they are going to get the most value. Yeah. Yeah. They're the super fans. They've been here the whole time. I wanted I wanted to reward them
0: yay super fans yeah amazing thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, well awesome so with that with, with all those awesome details in mind
1: is, is there anything you would like to promote? Oh boy would I <laughs> so as as will not be a surprise uh, we're lucky enough to be running a Kickstarter at the time we, it's really fortunate I didn't actually plan it this way uh, at the time of this podcast being out. Uh, We are running a Kickstarter until the end of February, so if you're listening and it's past February, sorry. You'll just have to follow us on Kickstarter and watch for our next release. Everyone else, this is your last chance, so hop on it. It's Journey to the Center of Aragarth. It's a campaign meant for high-level adventurers to challenge their abilities, so level up your characters and have at it. It comes complete with maps, character art, and a new ooze subrace that I'm really excited about. And of course, you can follow me on any social media, almost under Applewhite Games or Zach Applewhite.
0: Well, my interest is peaked at the ooze subrace, so. <laughs> yes,
1: that was Kalen's idea, and it—I love it. No spoilers. You'll ha- you'll have to go to the Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, and as usual, the link to that will be in the episode description, as will the link to Zach's previous episode marketing, as as we said a couple of seasons ago. Uh, which I would encourage any of the content creators out there to check that out as well. It pairs very nicely with this episode, I must say. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the only thing left to say is thank you ever so much for for joining me again today, Zach. It was a very, very insightful episode.
1: Always a pleasure. I am an American at heart. I love to hear myself talk. <laughs> uh, and if anyone else out there wants me on their podcast, reach out, please.
0: <laughs> I, need, I need more guests uh, who love to hear themselves talk because it makes my life so much easier (laughs) so no thank you zach thank you everybody for listening at home i hope you all i mean i know you all took out as much uh, value from from this show as, as i did Please do check out all the links in the episode description to the Kickstarter, Zach's Kickstarter, and all their socials, as are all of mine, including my Patreon and my Kofi. And who knows, maybe one day there'll be a Kickstarter in there too. <laughs> Otherwise, thank you all for listening, and good night. And now it's time for the Patreon shoutouts. Thank you to Robert Hartley, DM for Viva La Dirt League, and writer on the d and Logic web series. I would encourage everybody to check him out at Robert Hartley GM on Twitter and Twitch. Thank you to Optional Rule, a two-time guest of the show and a very insightful and knowledgeable source of information. Please check them out at www.optionalrule.com. Huge, huge, huge thank you to a great friend of the show, Matthew Perkins, who's out there making hilarious and educational Dungeons & Dragons content please go and check out his stuff at matthewperkins.net, where you can find links to all of his socials and all of his content, including his own Patreon, which I would very much encourage you to check out. Thank you to Matt Street, at MPStreet88 on Twitter, for supporting the show. If you need support running your personal or business schedule, head to virtualtimehustle.com or on Instagram to make that difference between should do and done. Boss it better with support from Kat, who will help you get back that essential time you've been searching for. If you would like to support what we do and get four shoutouts a month, head over to patreon.com slash thinkingcritically, or you can just buy me a coffee at ko slash thinkingcritically.